This is the Full Funnel B2B Marketing Podcast, brought to you by FullFunnel.io. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the new season of uh, Full Funnel B2B Marketing Live Podcast. So today I'm bringing uh, staff at Inpond, who is uh, our senior B2B marketing consultant. Uh, super excited that he joins me on the first episode of the new season. As uh, announced, today we are going to talk about measuring B2B marketing and we'll go through the core metrics. I believe every B2B, mar- uh, every B2B organization should at least consider to track, right? Uh, there were lots of questions about how to measure uh, account-based marketing, demand generation, etc. So I will share with you guys a couple of uh, reports. Obviously, that would be time for Q&A. You're very welcome to join the discussion live or uh, just put your questions in um, uh, Zoom chat and we'll make sure that uh, we cover everything. So uh, that being said, I would uh, share the first thing that I want to discuss with you guys, but let's kick it off and uh, let's cover the first topic. Probably some of you have seen this post on LinkedIn about 11 core B2B marketing metrics. And this is uh, basically the way how I look at tracking B2B marketing. And uh, obviously uh, I'm always talking about B2B companies that have long sales cycle, uh, that sell high ACV product, right? Where they are not in transactional business. They can't uh, just, you know, set up landing page, run ads and expect inbound opportunities flowing into their pipeline. That's the key thing, right? So uh, when it comes to uh, measuring B2B marketing, these are three groups of metrics, right? Revenue metrics, pipeline metrics, and brand metrics. So when it comes to revenue metrics, uh, six things I'm looking at. So it's marketing sourced revenue, it's win rate, sales cycle lengths, average contract value, sales pipeline velocity, and marketing ROI. And uh, I usually put these metrics into revenue report. Why? Because I want to get a holistic overview of marketing performance and marketing contribution to revenue, right? If I have a long sales cycle, we do we should do full funnel marketing, right? But when it comes to full funnel marketing, we have print awareness activities, we have demand generation, and we can't measure these activities by, let's say, leads or cost of acquisition, right? That's not correct this not correct way to look at these metrics. So we do lots of things that can't can't be directly attributed to revenue, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't track these metrics, right? That's that's the key thing. The next one is uh, why I prefer to have this holistic overview of these metrics is because I'm looking, considering the things that I have just shared, right? I want to see the ROI marketing generates, right? Because let's say we do, let's pretend we have a couple of key accounts that generate 20, 25% of our revenue. And we know that in six years, sorry, in six months, we'll have a new campaign to basically upsell or renew the contract right? And for us, it's really important to strengthen relationship. And maybe we, are not, we know that something, our competitors, right, are doing something to generate, or basically to steal these customers from us, right? Somehow they're prospecting and engaging with the buying committee. So there is like kind of threat that we can lose these customers. So we decide to host a private event with these uh, accounts, right? We invite buyers, potentially we can invite like a thought leader uh, to give a good comprehensive workshop. We can share our plans, right? Uh, just nice venue, private only for our key accounts, etc. And it can't be attributed directly because we are not upselling them during this event, right? But we know that this helps us to get fantastic insights about the actions of our competition, 
right? And we know where our clients are going and we know how to prepare for the, for the renewal campaign. So can we say that this event is not important because it doesn't have, like it didn't generate immediate revenue, right? It's not correct to say. So this is just one example how I'm looking at it, right? So that's why whenever we consider marketing performance, I would like to see marketing ROI. So if our revenue is growing, if our sales pipeline increasing, these are the key things. And in a moment, I will share with you this revenue report. Next, when we look at pipeline metrics, there are two things that I believe we need to track. Uh, the first one is engaged accounts. And quite often, uh, basically, I, I would just uh, nail down one question that I get uh, quite often. So what are the engaged accounts? These are companies that are not sales ready, but that demonstrated a significant engagement with your campaigns, right? So for example, they visited your website a couple of times, spent above 30 minutes, they checked your pricing page, checked your case studies, whatever. They signed up for product demo, uh, let's say three decision makers or three buying committee members um, send connection requests to your sales or to your marketing team or to your executives, right? So there is something going on. So there is a significant engagement, but they didn't book a demo. They didn't send an like inbound request, et cetera, right? This is what we call engaged accounts. And by the, by the way, for me, engaged accounts are the same as MQLs. So as you probably see, these are not sales ready, leads, uh, these are not leads at all. <laughs> Let's put it simple, right? These are companies that should be forwarded to account-based marketing team, or if you don't have ABM motion, right? Your sales should at least have uh, soft touches with them, connecting, engaging, building relationship, and uh, collecting, running potential additional account research, gaining the needs, understanding the needs of this account, etc. So, these are the main things. These are not sales ready leads. Why I want to track this metric? Because aside, obviously, demand generation, we can say one of the key uh, outcomes of demand generation and one of the key metrics is inbound opportunities and marketing sourced revenue and pipeline, right? But as we said, not all accounts are sales ready. And quite often you might be operating on the markets without demand, which means you need to create this demand. You need to create awareness and demand first, and that would be cycle for it, right? So just to make sure that our campaign is performing well or getting traction, we need to look at account engagement, right? And that could be a good, and I will share with you in a moment how that could be tied to, to, to revenue, right? So this thing, and then print metrics, obviously there could be a lot, long discussion what to include when it comes to print metrics and, uh, but I prefer to keep it simple. Actually, I look at inbound opportunities because for me, that's a huge correlation, right? If our print is growing, then more people, we can call it demand, uh, let's say demand gen metric, but uh, for me, it's brand metrics. So if our brand is growing, right, the more people will be coming from our content and because they already know us and trust us, right? And they want to talk to us. Uh, next, it could be media invites. And when it comes to media invites, I believe that's really important to track, especially the quality of these media invites. Are you getting invites to join well-known and respected podcasts? in your industry? Are you getting requests from journalists to be featured at well-known industry portals or media, right? Are you getting invited? I mean, you as a team, right? Are you getting invited to give a talk at respected industry conference? So these are also outcomes of print activities. This is something that I prefer to track and obviously brand traffic and brand mentions and especially brand mentions. For me, what is really important to see how often our product or our company is being mentioned as a recommended solution to a specific challenge. So for example, when it comes to full funnel, right? Fullfunnel.io, I love to see how often people recommend us as, uh, as people to follow or check the website or reach out when it comes to full funnel account-based marketing, right? So these are the, uh, the main things. 
next, uh, basically, if we look at the revenue report, right, I would explain you the way I'm looking at it. And uh, I, after I will share with you the report, I would like to share, uh, I would like to pass mic to Staffo and uh, ask him to share his experience because just that would be two interesting things for you guys to learn. First of all, Staffo, before joining fullfunnel.io, he was our probably probably the best student and the <laughs> our, he is our long-term student, right? And he joined uh, our Full Funnel Academy when he was running his LinkedIn agency and later joined as a head of marketing uh, company called Buzzers in Belgium. So, uh, and this is exactly the company that sells high ACV services with long sales cycle, right? So he'll share the metrics and the report he had at Buzzers. Coming back to our topic. So full funnel marketing reporting, right? So what I want to look at, I want to look at, MQ and I explained this, so MQLs to me are engaged accounts. And uh, the key thing why I want to track it, because there is a huge correlation. I know um, in our case, we have ABM motion. So whenever we define, whenever we see an engaged account, we move this account to one of our ABM place. So basically we do more proactive personalized marketing to these accounts to generate opportunity, right? So that's that's why for us, it's really important seeing how many companies that fit our ICP hit our engagement threshold. Next one is SQL. So SQLs is sales qualified leads. You can call it um, sales qualified leads, sales qualified opportunities, right? And how many of them came from marketing? Because that could be uh, like, in our case, we don't have outbound or sales motion, right? But for our clients, obviously, we add this line uh, because almost every B2B organization, aside from marketing, they have uh, they usually have sales functions. So for us, we want to see the correlation, right? And the uh, we want to split the number of opportunities between marketing and sales. Next is how many sales qualified opportunities we have in sales pipeline how many customers we generated and how many lost SQOs, sales qualified opportunities we have. So this gives us a pretty good understanding of our deal close rate. Obviously, in this case, you need, a, a, first of all, a very clear definition of sales qualified opportunity. And if you track MQLs the way we do, you need to have a clear definition of MQL, right? So... Uh, this this is really important just to avoid chaos in your CRM. I know, like I remember one of the recent customers where we just started to fill in this revenue report and they, their deal close rate or win rate was around 3%. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my gosh, how that's possible, right? So just generate lots of opportunities and you been only 3%. And then we looked at CRM and they put it just obviously because of the bad culture they had beforehand, right? They put lots of low quality leads or basically MQLs were presented as leads and obviously it destroyed the complete reporting. So you need to have a good definition of what is MQL, what is SQL, right? So you'll have accurate numbers. Next is Average sales cycle length, net new revenue, and net ACV. Uh, so these metrics help us to calculate the sales pipeline velocity. So how it is calculated, right? It's calculated by number of sales qualified opportunities in CRM multiplied by deal close rate, uh, <laughs> multiplied by ACV, and then you need to divide it by sales cycle length, which means Basically, if your sales cycle length is 75 days, right, or 180 days, doesn't really matter. It means with the existing ACV, right, with the existing win rate and with the number of sales qualified opportunities, how much revenue can you expect in the next, let's say, 75 or 180 days? depending on your sales cycle, right? So it's a trajectory of your revenue. And why we want 
to track this because quite often uh, B2B companies, they don't see the real impact of demand generation of full funnel ac marketing activities on the revenue, right? If you'll play with this formula, you'll see that you can increase revenue without generating new opportunities, right? You can upsell to customers, you can improve your deal close rate, you can shorten the sales cycle, right? You can increase your ACV and you'll generate more money without generating leads. Uh, once I wrote a post on LinkedIn, which resonated with lots of people, like 15 ways to grow revenue without generating leads, right? So this is really important because then you can show, okay, look, so we improved this, we improved, let's say, deal close rate and we improved ACV. And now we are generating more money faster, right? That's really important. And, uh, in this case, you can clearly see the correlation, how many MQLs or engaged accounts were later converted into SQLs, right? And how many sales qualified opportunities you were able to generate. So this is the way how we holistically look at, uh, at this report. Uh, any questions about this? Um, so let uh, maybe let's uh, cover some questions uh, and then I would pass microphone to Staffa to cover it. How to ensure a clear difference between MQL and SQL, meaning how do you know that uh, one uh, ones that come from marketing versus sales activity? That's a perfect question. And uh, for this, I recommend to have a blended attribution. So what's uh, blended attribution stands for First of all, uh, self-attribution, you know, this like standard question, how did you hear about us, right? But don't limit yourself to self-attribution only because it could be biased and people can mention only the recent, like the, the recent interaction or channel that um, they used to hear about your company. Uh, aside from self-attribution, I still recommend to look at digital traces so you can uh, look uh, in Google Analytics or whatever you are using for analytics, right? You can use, you can check the account engagement. And if you have instant data platform like Lead Feeder, Zoom Info, Albacross, whatever, right? You can look at the account engagement so you can see all the website visits, the channels, where did they come from and engaged with you, right? And if you have newsletter or marketing automation, you can look at the communication. So try to collect as much digital traces as possible. And uh, one more, one more, let's say attribution uh, method that I recommend you to use is customer interviews. So whenever you generate a new customer, obviously you, don't, you need to do the customer interviews with tier one and tier two accounts, right? So whenever you generate an opportunity, just ask about their buyer journey. How did you uh, how did you search about or what was your buying process, right? What channels did you use? How did you hear about us? And uh, where did you basically look uh, for information, etc. So you'll get a comprehensive picture, right? And from this, uh, even if you'll skip customer interviews at this point, if you'll have self-attribution, and if you look at digital traces, you'll clearly see that this account came from, let's say, from marketing activity, right? For example, I don't know, just to give you an idea. So we have 50 people uh, right now live with us. And potentially at one point, some of you will reach us out about potential collaboration, right? And then we can look at our marketing automation and see that you signed up and you came to this specific episode of Full Funnel Live podcast, right? So we know this is a marketing source opportunity. Uh, let me know if it's clear. Uh, what is the formula for velocity? Uh, stuff, if you don't mind, uh, uh, Vlad uh, recently published a post about pipeline velocity, so maybe you can share it um, so people can visually see how it works, right? Uh, but generally speaking, uh, how it's calculated. So sales qualified opportunities in pipeline multiplied by deal close rate or win rate multiplied by ACV and divided by your sales cycle length. So this is the sales pipeline velocity and it gives you a your revenue trajectory. Uh, with this set of metrics, with this data, uh, what revenue can you expect 
according to your sales cycle length, right? So this is the way. So yeah, so self-attribution as they engage plus digital traces, right? Digital analytics. And you can use post-engagement survey if you want. That's, um, yeah, that's the way. Uh, really curious about your cadence process for keeping track of NKLs. Does someone periodically check all uh, LinkedIn posts, check who liked and whether they fit ICP? Um, that's another story. I think <laughs> if, if I'll talk about the process of uh, tracking MQLs and uh, handoff process, we can host another uh, episode of our podcast. So let me know, guys, if this is something that you would be interested in just type plus or thumbs up if if you are interested in this topic and uh yeah we'll uh plan the next session no problem because it will uh move us away from the reporting from the analytics right so um i think all other questions we can cover cover at the end yes do, do that so uh stuff if you don't mind let's add it to our podcast calendar so we'll plan this episode cool uh, again, uh, we'll have time for Q&A, so feel free to jump in, ask any questions. And uh, meanwhile, uh, I would uh, stop sharing. Oh, Stafa, you can, if you want, you can share your screen or just explain uh, the way how you used to track the uh, metrics at buzzers and how your uh, report looked like. Yeah, so, so you can actually keep um, sharing your screen. Um... Like uh, Andre said, I've been a long-term student of Andre, so I've just been, for the most part, been kind of following the same framework as Andre portrayed here. Um, and I think what I would, so so I, I don't have too much new to say about the actual framework, but I I, I do want to emphasize uh, something. So we're we're looking here at new MQLs on this screen, and earlier we talked about. Uh, engaged accounts, right? And we kind of say that those are the same thing, but this is a super important uh, thing to uh, think about because this is where you are setting yourself up for success for a good relationship with sales. Uh, and it's where you set yourself up to be in a, in a position where sales um, wants to work together with you and is happy with your work. Um, because what most, what many B2B marketers, what they will do, uh, especially when they start to get pressured by the, by by whoever in the organization, is they will just try to get the highest number of MQLs possible. Because nobody's ever been fired for handing over too many MQLs. But the real situation is that usually these are not MQLs at all, because you have the uh, marketing qualified leads. So the the marketing qualified, it means that they fit your ICP which they usually don't. Uh, and lead means that there is preferably some kind of intent. So intent means that they actually want to buy something in your category or particularly from your company, ideally, right? Uh, but somebody that downloads an ebook is not usually an MQL. It's somebody that likes to read. Uh, those are not the, sa the, the same things at all. So I actually put a lot, a lot of effort and emphasis of focusing on these engaged accounts or identified accounts uh, at Bothers. So what we did was we would have um, a separate pipeline, which we would call the marketing pipeline. Uh, and this had a couple of stages. And then the first stage was just identified accounts. So there's any kind of company that interacts with us in, in, a, in a variety of ways. And then as they are more and more active, um, active meaning they're engaging with us on LinkedIn, they're looking at key pages, they're opening emails, uh, they're filling in forms, doesn't really matter, right? As they do more of these activities and they reach a certain score, then I say, okay, now they are an engaged account. So, so the relationship with sales in this particular organization was that that was the time that the business development would look at the accounts, make sure that they are fitting our ICP, and then they would onboard them into one of our ABM motions, right? But instead of sending him hundreds of useless <laughs> contacts and companies per month, we would just send them a couple that are actually already know who we are, are a little bit interested in us uh, and are happy. And then it's time to activate one of your ABM playbooks. So, so that activated account or the one that engaged account is super important. And then just to be a little bit more practical about this without uh, 
ruining our next uh, podcast about uh, lead handover. What we well, what, what I would do is once a week. So so we we were very much into LinkedIn thought leadership. So once a week, we would go through all of our content that we had put out and we would just copy paste the LinkedIn profiles from all the relevant engagers into um, into a sheet or it could even be in HubSpot. Once a week, we would do this. Um, and then we would put that in HubSpot and say, okay, this person liked the post, this person commented, et cetera, right? And then HubSpot would say, oh, that's one point on our engagement threshold. At the same time, we had an IP um identification software for example like a lead feeder and they would also add this to hotspot and say okay this company looked at a case study ah that's three points uh this com- now three weeks later they also spent 10 minutes on this article oh, that's another one point and all these points add up and you get to a score of whatever it is that you want to use and only then do we do we hand them over um, and that's a really important uh, distinction, I feel, that we need to make in B2B marketing is what is this uh, engaged accounts and how can we practically get to them? Because the practical part is very, very difficult because it's super, it's easy to say, oh, we need to have a- a- engaged accounts uh, and they need to fit our ICP. But that means that you need to have a good ICP and have alignment around that internally. And it also means that you need to have the proper systems and routines um, implemented in order to bring all this engagement data together. So that I think is a really uh, key point that I wanted to emphasize. So feel free if you ask me any more questions. Uh, ah, yeah, I see actually a question about this from Neil. Uh, so what about the unmeasurable dark funnel, right? So so we can only do what we can do, right? So so, so what I so we had the routine of looking at LinkedIn every week. That's one thing that we did. We have the other. We have the, also the IP identification to track the website engagements. We have the integration with HubSpot to check the content hubs, and then if some if uh, if, we can, if there's another common trigger, we can also add um, can also add that. So if you have a common, if if it's common that people say, uh, "Oh, you were referred to by whatever," if if there's something else that's common for you, you can also track it. Um, the, oh, so, the, so somebody else is asking, what is the unmeasurable dark funnel? So dark funnel is basically everything happening in the funnel that you cannot measure. And this is mostly uh, online communities, engagement on social, uh, all this kind of stuff that you wouldn't see automatically tracked in HubSpot. And, and I, would, I would say that my recommendation here is if there is a part of your dark funnel that's very common, it is useful to track it. Um, and then also you want to have self-reported attribution on your contact forms. And all, uh, so you ask them, how did you hear about us? And also during your discovery calls, you ask them this and you feed that back in. But that's a demand capture uh, function, which I wouldn't, um, which is a little bit of a different topic in my opinion. Uh, do I have, I don't think at the moment we have a lead scoring uh, article. Um, yeah. But my, uh- there are a couple of posts. Oh. There are a couple oh. of posts on LinkedIn where we cover this, but it's not that comprehensive. So basically, uh, I'm working on a new ABM strategy guide uh, where I will uh, give, um, let's say, a comprehensive overview of engaged accounts, right, or what you call lead scoring. And uh, for now, you can uh, basically look at our updated ICP guide. Uh, we covered uh, slightly what like an example of an engaged account, right? So uh, that's uh, that's one recommendation. And also uh, this is one really important thing that uh, I would like to emphasize on about um, unmeasurable dark funnel. It's really measurable. Uh, we can't say that it's unmeasurable. It's outside of our tracking horizon, but then, as I said, you need to have a blended model. You have, uh, like, let me share our example. So first of all, uh, people book a call with us on our website, and there is a question, how did you hear about us? But they say LinkedIn, right? So, but did they came from my post? Did they came from Vladimir's post? Did they came from Staffa's post? Did they came from our company's post? Did they came from Ed? 
did, did they came because somebody recommended us or mentioned in the comments, right? It's not clear. So usually then uh, I'm reaching out to a new, let's say to, to, to a new contact, a new prospect. And I'm saying, hey, thanks a lot for booking call with us. Looking forward to chatting with you. Um, I usually ask, do you need anything uh, before before the conversation, et cetera. And by the way, uh, so you mentioned you have heard about us from LinkedIn. Is it like uh, from my content? And then they usually start you know, saying, hey, I've been following you, et cetera. So people share the ultimate journey. Another opportunity you can ask about this during the discovery calls or depending on your process, right? So just incorporate it into, into your process and you'll see it. But aside from this, always track the digital traces, right? So you'll you'll find uh, other patterns and engagement with these accounts. Uh, one more thing that I think Stafa we need to address is the uh, uh, the issue that usually the, uh, let's say, because uh, usually the issue is that sales want volume, but then the quality leads to, and often this, doesn't get together. And in this case, that's why uh, in a moment, uh, we'll move to the campaign reporting, right? And uh, this is really important for you guys to track everything and to compare the campaigns. So I can say, okay, uh, uh, one thing that I highly recommend you to listen to is uh, our episode, maybe stuff you can find it, I had with Fran Langham from Cognism and uh, Fran shared their experience, how they shifted from lead gen to demand gen at Cognism. Because what they did, and this is what I recommend, look at all the metrics, the outbound activities, right? The ads, lead generation ads, this eBooks campaigns or webinars producing MQLs, and then look at the real conversion. How many these so-called leads are being converted into real sales opportunity? How much time does it take to activate this opportunity? And then they saw that, for example, in France's case, I forgot the exact numbers, but if I correct, she said that they needed around 500 of these leads to generate one real sales opportunity, and it took them uh, up to six to nine months to convert this into a client, which is like mind blown, right? And our motion, this is why we say, usually in this case, companies, they don't, that would be a root problem. These companies will never have a good ICP. They would always have a broad targeting just to pursue the volume, right? To play the game of numbers. And we insist on completely opposite things. Analyze historical growth, right? See where the revenue is coming from, from what markets and segments. Start focusing on this market and segments. Analyze the best customers, right? Uh, analyze their buyer journey, analyze the reasons they buy and recreate your ICP based on these customers and align your marketing and sales with the buyer journey, with how these customers are buying. And the key point is what I'm always saying, more leads is not a silver bullet. It's not like a panacea to all you know diseases. The key point is that you can generate fewer leads or like we used to say right our motto less leads more revenue but if you are person tier one accounts that can generate like that are likely to buy and that can that can generate 50 times more revenue than average lead right why do you need all of them that's that's one of the key points so do this analysis and that would be uh really helpful uh, maybe Stafa, you can cover this question. Uh, if uh, do you have a scoring model for accounts on HubSpot? Uh, it's actually funny that you that you asked me this because I was just making one uh, right uh, as I got the question. Uh, I can share my screen for a second, but it's yeah, just absolutely. like a, <laughs> this is just like basically a draft that I'm literally doing right now. Um, so so basically, the way that I look at it. And please forgive me that this is rough. Um, so what I would do basically is you have a couple of triggers, and you think that those triggers they um, they mean they they mean that there is some kind of an engagement or an intent, right? So if somebody's on your website, you can trigger this with you can measure this with IP identification software, and that you can put on the account level. Email engagements we can measure with HubSpot, and HubSpot can track that on the contact level. 
LinkedIn engagement, you can measure manually and that you can then track on the contact level. And then what I say, now you can say that on the account level, we can just count up all the data from the relevant contacts. So it goes like this. And then you just start attribute saying, okay, you start saying what is worth how many points? Let's say one like equals one point. And then that point will be carried over to the contacts. It ends up, if we have everything together, it ends up with five points or whatever. And then we have three contacts. Each of them has five points, but you never count the point double. Uh, that's where it gets complex. But then we can just say, okay, um, this ends up at, four, at uh, five points. So, so the way that you would do this is you would each of these would represent a tag. I don't, I don't want to get it, make it too. It's, it becomes a tag. So a tag could be something like LinkedIn-like. And then we will copy the, we will add the tag on the context level. Well, no. Uh, we, will, we will just add the same tags to the account level and add up all the, all the tags. So if you have a LinkedIn-like on 10 different contexts, I'm only going to count it as one uh, point altogether. And that's basically... Um, we're gonna do this all of we're gonna add all of this data together in hubspots and then it will just use a scoring property to add up all the points and then we connect the automation to the to the total score yeah so sorry for making that a little bit more complex but that was the best i could do uh just drafting it right now but this is basically how how i would do it i would add tags based on the triggers and then those those tags i add on the contact level and per account i add up all the relevant uh, tags from all the relevant contacts. That's basically my uh, my framework for this. It's quite uh, simple but effective. Yeah, pretty good one. Uh, so if you can stop sharing, I will come back to my slides. And Mustafa, yeah, I see that you're raising hand. If you don't mind, uh, let us quickly go through the rest of the slides, and then we'll have Q and A just to address all of the questions. Okay, and we'll call you. Uh, so let's move forward uh, with the reporting. And next, I, I just want to give you a couple of examples, right? How to create simple reports. Uh, keep in mind that every campaign should have uh, should has own reporting, right? I will show you an example for ABM. Generally speaking, if you want to measure demand generation, right? This is a simple example, how you can look at it, right? So it could be media invites, as we spoke about the core metrics, Print mentions, print traffic, engaged accounts, number of inbound requests, number of marketing source sales qualified opportunities. And it's not equal. Uh, you might be wondering what's the difference because the uh, what I, I also mean by inbound requests. So, for example, somebody reaches out to me on LinkedIn and says, hey, I would like to, to talk more about the like the way how we can collaborate. But then let's say we have discovery call and there is no real feed, right? Um, so it's, it won't be a sales qualified opportunity. It, it won't be opportunity at all. Right. But there was an inbound request. And initially this company feeds ICP, which is good. Right. And that, uh, this is only later we discovered that it's not like an appropriate feed, uh, because of some reasons. So that's why I separate these two metrics and marketing source pipeline in this case would be really simple, right? So it's just the ACV of uh, sales qualified opportunities generated from market. So this this could be a, a simple report. Um, yeah, stuff. if you can drop a link to the episode with friend, that would be helpful uh, because your time. I did. Yeah, yeah, I think you didn't drop a link. Yeah, I did. Uh, but anyhow, uh, let's come back. So it's uh, so this is like a simple reporting when it comes to measuring demand generation. Shouldn't be super complicated. Then when it comes ABM to ABM reporting, uh, it it would be really it. Uh, I would say it depends. It depends on the type of ABM campaign that you are running. Or generally speaking, uh, there are four standard ABM campaigns. Like traditionally. B2B marketers think about ABM as only net new revenue campaign, which is <laughs> one of the most common, let's say, myths that were created by MarTech vendors. But the key point is that ABM 
campaigns have four pillars. New revenue is just one of them, right? Then you have deal acceleration campaigns, you have expansion or upselling campaigns, and you have renewal or churn prevention campaigns, right? And the uh, obviously the metrics would depend on the playbook that uh, you'll apply because there are different ways to um, like different playbooks for warming up accounts and activating them. Uh, Lots of them probably you have heard from the one-to-one -one engagement and social selling to one-to-one -one workshops, whatever, like multiple ways, just don't, don't want to dive deeply. But this is an example, depending on the campaign that you'll be running and the playbook, right, you'll see the typical metrics. So for example, new revenue could be engaged account, sales opportunities, one deals, ACV, sales cycle lengths, new revenue, right? But let's say renewal and churn prevention, it could be the workshops booked if your playbook is running one-to-one -one workshops for key accounts onboarding them on, uh, let's say the best practices and how your product can help these accounts, right? So workshops booked, uh, debriefing, uh, calls with these key accounts and uh, re-signed or renewed contracts and the revenue that you was able to renew, right? So expansion, uh, again, dependent if let's say, if for expansion you do a play where you invite your uh, power user and you start selling, let's say you make a one to one webinar to this specific big group of accounts and then you, you invite decision makers from other departments or other branches right so it could be workshops booked new licenses acv growth ltv growth and total expanded revenue right so that's the example uh but again as i'm saying so i'm just uh, given one playbook but pl uh, the metrics will vary based on what uh on what playbook you'll apply to your campaign, right? And then let's say if uh, the, uh, let's look at net new revenue campaign example, because you might be wondering, right? This is how the full report might look like. So uh, let's say there are 32 accounts in your program. You got seven replies to your activation, right? Uh, you generated from these seven replies, three sales opportunities, cost per engagement, it's let's say 500 bucks close successfully deals one, then you can track conversion to engaged accounts, acquisition conversion, engaged accounts to clients, sales pipeline value of engaged accounts. So you have three opportunities and the ACV is let's say 36K, then your sales pipeline value of engaged accounts would be uh, 108, right? Uh, revenue because you closed one deal successfully would be 36K, cost of acquisition, right? And campaign ROI would be uh, 34K and a half, right? And then campaign budget is just uh, simplified, right? Reporting because we can add more layers depending, again, as I'm saying, depending on the playbook, right? But this was like, let's say warm up and direct mail campaign. So you can see boxes for parcels, Starbucks branded gift cards, personalized gift cards, chocolate, print and cost, ship and packing services, so in total 1,000 and a half, right? So that's that's an example of how the reporting might um, look like. And uh, basically that's it. We have uh, lots of questions from our trenches community. I believe we uh, nailed down lots of them. But again, just want to give a word to you guys. So feel free to jump in. I know Mustafa, you had a question. So uh, maybe Mustafa, you can unmute Mustafa and let him join the call. And also guys, feel free to raise your hand if you want to join live and ask a question or just type your question in a Zoom chat. Or maybe if you have typed and we didn't cover it, so please copy uh, and paste it again. So we'll make sure that we'll cover. Uh, that will cover a question. Um, I would go through um, the questions here. Uh, one of them that is coming from uh, John, what is an average percentage of marketing contribution to revenue for SaaS company? And I think this is, honestly, this is, um, this is a tricky question that uh, might lead you into wrong direction. Why? Because the ultimate benchmark you need to have is your own company benchmark, right? 
And this is the decision that should be done on a senior level. Do you want really, so it's, if there is a motion, a motion sorry, that you become a marketing led organization, right? If there is an alignment with senior executives and sales, right? And if there is a support for change management for making your company uh, marketing led, right? And then obviously you can increase, then you would set up targets to increase average marketing contribution to revenue. But generally speaking, I would say the more, the better, right? Because then what's the difference? We have, I, I, unfortunately, I don't have the stats right now, but even with the client, uh, with one of our clients, we did the analysis a year before and year after of collaboration. And then we compare it, right? Uh, marketing contribution to revenue and we compared the sales stats and also uh, compared opportunities generated and always marketing source opportunities had higher ACV, shorter sales cycle lengths, right? And that was a higher win rate, as simple as that. So in this case, I would highly recommend you even if you don't have a, like a big, like share of marketing sourced revenue, still do this comparison. Analyze the opportunities that came from marketing and compare it to sales motion. And then you can also explain, right, the difference. So this is the typical sales cycle length for sales, and this is the typical sales cycle length for marketing source pipe, for marketing source opportunities. This is the ACV, right? This is the win rate. And this is the best way, proved by data. Uh, but uh, don't look, I don't know, don't, don't look at Gong's benchmark, right? Or don't look at demand basis uh, benchmark. Set up your own benchmark and try to increase it. That would be really important. So KPIs for ABM campaign, I believe we have shared it and the common KPIs for B2B team. Uh, so that's, uh, I think this is what we have covered. Let me uh, see the questions in the uh, chat. Yeah, guys, feel free. If you, if you want to join us live, raise your hand and ask your question uh, or just type in, in a Zoom chat. Um, yeah, if you, if you want to join live, just click on raise your hand and we'll call you and mute you. Uh, question from Stephanie. Difficult to assess and even define marketing contribution since prospects are touched seven to 10 times before entering the funnel. So ideally we should differentiate marketing get and marketing influence, but that's maybe a more sophisticated uh, framework. Um, maybe it could be more sophisticated, but again, uh, what do you want to ultimately track? Uh, I would, you know, again, it leads us to, to the strategic decision your organization should make, right? So what, uh, for us, I would say one of the key things that we want to achieve with clients, we want to stop looking at marketing and sales as siloed functions. We want to look at both functions as a revenue team. Our ultimate goal is growing revenue, right? So that's that's the key point. It's uh, the only reason why we are doing lots of this is just to explain that it's like that it's enough to or it, it's the time to stop being sales led organization and there are multiple reasons for this and when we show the data right obviously they understand it but then they want to get a validation of it so we start proving it with marketing source revenue with marketing source pipeline showing explaining etc until they say, yeah, I totally get it. So the change management happens, right? They change mindset and they say, yeah, so let's work together. Let's build an ultimate motion when marketing and sales work together. So that's the key point. Uh, but again, if you need to prove the efficiency, right? Of different marketing campaigns, maybe in your case, it will make sense to do it the way you described. Yeah, so so I don't know. I just had one side note, but not really an an answer necessarily to any of the questions. Um, but one of the things that you will notice is that the metrics are especially important when you when you're in the stage before the change management has happened, like Andre mentioned, 
which is like before you've actually managed to prove that marketing works or can work together with sales. That's when we notice that the metrics are very important. And then it's also a good time to be careful about what metrics it is that you're choosing uh, and how you're connecting them to the campaign. I think one really good example is if you, if you look at the... Um, the, the campaign metrics that we're looking at, one of them is the revenue or close to, or close one. But if you have a sales cycle of a year or six months and you want to push a pilot through right in the next six weeks, you need to be careful that you don't promise revenue at the end of these six weeks, but that you have a clear agreement with the rest with the sales team about what does a good leading indicator look like, right? So an, an amount of new opportunities or amount of conversations or amount of activated accounts and make sure that before you actually start a campaign that you make these agreements with them so that they will understand this is what a good campaign looks like because there's a good chance that's like let's say you use a podcast abm play you have you make a list of 10 target accounts of those 10 target accounts you manage to get four on a podcast call all of them are super happy and you start a conversation and you do this within a framework within a time frame of six weeks. At the end of the six weeks, you're very happy. Oh, look, we managed to open up all these conversations. Previously, these people were all ignoring us. And then they say, okay, where's my revenue? And then from their perspective, the account the, the campaign has failed. Well, it's actually very obvious that it's been doing a good job. So so in, in those pilot stages, those metrics are very, very important. Now uh, the deeper you're working in the funnel, the more obvious it is usually that it's working, right? So, so if you're doing an account expansion campaign, it's very easy to see, okay, now we went from an account that was about to cancel and now they renewed. But if you're super top of the funnel, like a demand generation campaign or something, even if it was an ABM type uh, demand generation campaign, let's say, uh, those are much more difficult to, to measure. Uh, and that's where it's even more important to agree beforehand what is what are the metrics that you're going to be looking at and um, um i would like to highlight a few more things because that's that's really important what you have shared but first uh, there was a question uh, <laughs> what is the percentage of full funnel.io marketing source revenue <laughs> you won't be surprised and it won't be relevant to your case because it's 100 percent so we don't have sales motion at all, basically. <laughs> all our opportunities are coming from our blended um, account-based demand generation model, right? We can split, let's say, uh, if I wanted to split opportunities that came separately from demand gen or from ABM, but for us, that's not really important. We don't want to sophisticate the things uh, in this case. So that's not that much relevant to the majority of companies uh for our clients we implement the report that i have shared and uh, uh the frequency of this reporting right so how often would you uh, look and report those metrics to the organization so the full final marketing report is a monthly report that we share on the organizational level to both executives and sales so uh, and also highlight the uh, usually with that report, uh, we share the key insights, right? So, okay, let's say there were fluctuations or there were changes in, let's say, sales pipeline velocity is because the win rate increased or whatever, right? And uh, this, this was increased because we did this specific campaign. So they see the uh, correlation, right, between the campaigns that you have done to actual outcomes. So that's uh, that's one, uh, this one thing. Then for the demand generation report that I have shared, this, this is also monthly report, but on the campaign level, obviously the report should be done when you finish the campaign, right? Because let's say some campaigns, in our case, some ABM campaigns can, uh, I mean, there is a playbook when we say six weeks ABM, right? But this is like a, a framework to launch a pilot campaign uh, in more, let's say advanced, stages some campaigns can take three months to launch and i mean to launch and run which is absolutely fine run right and then obviously we do the reporting when the campaign is finished so that's one of the uh points next what i wanted to say is um about what Staffa was sharing about positive signals i would love to share 
one case study uh, that our client shared, uh, not even case study, just the example, right? Uh, how to share the this positive leading indicators attraction. So for example, uh, we launched a podcast with a client where we started to invite uh, target, let's say decision decision makers from target accounts. And um, obviously there were not immediate opportunities. The, the goal of the podcast wasn't like, it wasn't like a sales trap, right? So not just pitching the, the product of that client. But what happened next? So after, after running, uh, after recording and publishing first 10 episodes, what they have seen. And this is what sales team reported. Basically, this podcast was host, uh, is hosted by VP of marketing and head of sales in UK. And uh, then head of sales reported that he and his SDRs saw increase in acceptance rate on LinkedIn. See, uh, they saw, they noticed an increase in reply rate. So whenever they oh, started the conversation, people started replying back, right? And uh, these are the positive signals. These are the outcomes, right, of the activity. And people were referring to the podcast. Yeah, I have heard about you from that podcast episode you did with that guy. I'm also following him and connected to him, right? So that's an example. Uh, this, uh, this is the way, right? And then you can prove because sometimes it's not, it's like this dark funnel, right? Uh, it, of course we can track it, but usually nobody pays attention to these small things, right? No, nobody wants to track it, but this is really important because these are the first steps uh, in prospecting that sales take, right? And then they see increase, more people accept connection requests, more people reply back. And these are already positive signals. And then you validate, right, why this is happening. And they say, yeah, because I have heard about you, about your company from that podcast or from the thought leadership, or I'm following your CEO, he is a great guy, posts actionable content on LinkedIn. So lots of these things, they impact, right, these positive signals. and. Uh, this is the best way to prove the efficiency. But then again, um, also a great question uh, from Neil about dark funnel. Uh, coming back to that podcast episode, just to, to, to justify all of these activities. One of the guests shared the podcast episode and then lots of people on LinkedIn saw it. Then the marketing team from that company picked up that episode and shared it from the company's page. And company that fits ICP of our client saw that episode, listened to it, came to the website and booked the call, right? And this is exactly the dark funnel in action. And this is also the marketing source revenue, right? Because it came and it's just attributed that way. And uh, the way when they had a call, obviously uh, account executive who is in charge of that uh, vertical picked up uh, or ran that discovery call and we trained them to ask this question about the buyer journey, right? How did you hear? And then people said, yeah, I'm connected to the guy who was a guest on your podcast. I loved the podcast. I love the host, like professional questions, very well done. And then I actually, I'm in need of the services. And then I believe because this guy came to you I also wrote to him a question like, have you ever worked with our client? And the guy said, no, I haven't, but they're really nice guys. They, I also had a chat about the services, their case studies. And for, to me, it seems they're very credible vendor. And he said that that was enough for me to reach out to you guys. And that's perfect example how all the things have an impact, right? But just to justify that it makes sense, also sometimes it makes sense to pay attention to small things. And sales usually, especially in a case that you guys mentioned, like sales, uh, they want volume, right? That's a perfect case. Then look at this volume, right? And okay, so you have uh, you have sent thousands of emails and emails on LinkedIn. So how many replies did you get back, right? And how many opportunities did you generate? And how much time did it take you to uh, win one opportunity? So, and what was the ACV? And then when you look at all this conversion, right? And compared to the opportunities that are coming from marketing, you will be mind blown. So that would be a completely different story. Um, 
one more thing at the end that uh, I would love to share with you guys, uh, not to share, but to ask you, how was this episode for you? Was it valuable? Was it insightful? Um, share with us plus emoji, thumbs up or whatever, whatever you like. So give us your feedback. How did you like this episode? Or just write down your feedback. And uh, meanwhile, if you like the episode, uh, this year we want to double down on our podcast. And I would appreciate a lot if uh, you'll subscribe to our Spotify channel. I just dropped a link in the Zoom chat. Other people who will be listening uh, the recording, you can just hit subscribe. Um, and uh, yeah, if if you like the episode, please give uh, give us five stars and uh, would be much appreciated. So um, to wrap it up, uh, we are coming back uh, with our marketing, uh, sorry, with our podcast calendar. So we have lots of great guests uh, coming. There would be one episode in a few weeks about uh, the brand strategy. And next week, we'll have Jim from Terminus to talk about account-based marketing, but from sales perspective and how sales would love marketing to help with ABM. So that would be really insightful. I highly recommend you to join. And uh, yeah, in a few months, we'll have our full final summit. So stay tuned. Lots of great content is coming. And again, uh, please uh, give us five stars on Spotify. Subscribe. I will uh, share with you the recording and the slides so you can go through it on your own. Thanks a lot for your feedback, guys. Um, much appreciated. Happy to hear that it was valuable. Uh, happy to hear that all the resources that we shared and the answers to your questions were helpful. So uh, it's just the beginning of 2023. I wish you a fantastic year. Make sure that your marketing performs well. You know now how to report to your executive center sales. Stay tuned and see you in one week. Cheers. <laughs>